is Lisa again, Lisa from The Eel, the Edwin Elder Library podcast, and I am back into the library. Um, I am going to be reading a little bit more out of When God Doesn't Make Sense by Dr. James Dobson, but before I do that, I did read some more. I've been reading some more on the book To Live Again by Catherine Marshall, the author of A Name Called Peter. And um, on page 266, she talked about what she found out during the course of writing the book about her husband and about the movie that they were making about his life, that you have to wait, you have to wonder, and you have to hope. And that's true in my life, um, in my experience, with the grieving of my husband. You have to wait on the Lord. Things have to come together because while you're trying to write a book, life still happens. Things keep going on. Um, you have to keep, and, and time goes. Time goes. It's already been almost 11 months since my husband passed. And yes, I've been taking notes as I'm reading books. And I've been um, finding different things. In fact, last night, um, I was on YouTube and I was just typing in various different things. Um, about things that I knew that my husband and I had done over the course of our ministry, like dedicating our pergola, dedicating our sidewalk, um, um, him praying over the shed when we got that, our, what we called bridge, um, different things, you know, that we've had. And then some other things popped up that I forgot that we even did. And so I put all those on for my Sunday's playlist for me to listen to and go through again. And just marvel on the fact that while while life was happening, life was happening. You know, uh, things towards the ministry. God was working on what I was going to need even after my husband was gone. Because I need my husband's prayers. They go on before me. He has prayed covering and dedication. And I praise God for that. And I just wonder at the marvel. I'm just marvel at the hand of God. How he has ordered our steps. And I'm just hoping that I don't mess things up. You know, he has that fear. And I, I seen a post one time on Facebook, I think it was, that somebody says, we're not that powerful. He said, we're not that powerful. We can't destroy God's plan. We're not that powerful. His plan is going to work out. His plan is going to work out. So I'm just going to have to hold on to that hope that all things are going to work out. And then... Um, when God doesn't make sense, we still hold on to our faith. <clears throat> I can't remember if I was on page 152 or 153. Let me just look here for a second. Well, I'm going to read the bottom of 152. If I already read it, well, it won't hurt to hear it again. Let's bring the adversity principle closer to home. Remember, we're in chapter 7 about adversity. How does it apply to you and me? Could it be that the Heavenly Father permits His children to struggle in order to keep us strong? I firmly believe that to be true. That is precisely what James told the Jewish Christians in the first century. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. James 1, 2, and 3. I remember reading that part. Jesus said it even more plainly. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. He also said, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me 
will find it. Verse 25. Those words leave little room for doubt. Jesus wants us to be committed and disciplined and tough. He also warned about the dangers of the soft life. This, I believe, is what he meant when he said, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mark 10, 25. He did not mean that God sets up a different and more difficult stand, standard by which wealthy people are judged. Rather, he, has, he was acknowledging that affluence can make us dependent on ease and comfort. As such, it is highly seductive. A person who grows accustomed to life's good things may not be drawn naturally to the sacrificial way of the cross. Like the, the rich young ruler who walked away from Jesus, a wealthy person may find it more difficult to follow this master who calls us to make the supreme sacrifice. Not only is affluence dangerous, but so is the ad, it's split, like I think of the is A-D-U-L-A-T-I-O-N, adulation of our fellow men. If you want to know what a person is made of, grant him a high degree of social status and admiration. His hidden character will soon be apparent for all to see. Solomon wrote, The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but man is tested by the praise he receives. Proverbs 27, 21. Oh, that is so true. And then also, as I was reading Catherine Marshall's book last night, she was talking about how different people were watching her, watching the movie, and uh, how she was being interviewed and scrutinized, and and people was tra- um, checking her out, seeing if she was making this movie for her her um, self glory or um, for financial gain. But she wasn't. I think she made thirty thousand for the whole project, which is that's a nice sum, of course. But all the work and stuff she put into it, and she probably spent that much trying to get to <laughs> who knows what all she had to spend in blood, sweat, and tears to get it done. But anyway, um, people were looking at her life. They were watching her reactions. They invited her to go watch the movie before it was actually out to the public. And while she was watching the movie, they were watching her. And she said she didn't even feel free to be herself. You know, she felt guarded because people was looking, which kind of rent the whole purpose they wanted to see her reaction and when she didn't cry and the first time she'd seen it because she was so tense from them watching her and uh, documenting her her every action um it wasn't a true it wasn't a true depiction of how she was feeling because she thought it was good and um it had touched her in some ways but it was the second viewing that she actually got to see in her own privacy when it was a lot less people that she actually did cry. That it really t- touched her seeing seeing her husband's life unfold on the on the screen. And uh, anyway, she was being scrutinized in that. And what we just read made me think about that. And it kind of, I think, I I feel this urge. I need to get my husband's story out because he's been gone 11 months. You know, I, I don't want this to drag out for a long, long time. Even though Catherine Marshall took like over two years before she actually got it out for him, her husband. But um, it's like you feel the urge, you feel the urgency of the hour because you know that time is short here on earth and we don't know what tomorrow holds and you don't want to miss the opportunity. But then on the other hand, knowing that what might be done might only touch a few people's lives, which is the whole purpose of writing it, to touch people's lives. But on the other hand, it could... Uh, 
I don't see it happening like Captain Marshall had bestseller and all that stuff but I don't know what God's intent is but to, to think that that people could be swarming into our lives writing letters checking out and going back and and scrutinizing all of our videos and podcasts and um, and, and seeing seeing what an airhead I am <laughs> not really but you see you know your day-to-day life some days you have confidence and some days you feel really Oh, your feet's planted firmly on the ground that other day. She's like, what do I do? You know, you feel struggling. But that's the true thing of life. If people look at me, I hope that they see Jesus. I hope they see that I am a Christian and I'm trusting in God. If they're looking for perfection, they won't find it in me. I'm not perfect. I am not. And and so I guess that's kind of like a little fear. You have this, like, this little fear as you wait and you wonder and you hope you're like lord i'm waiting on you to give me direction and i'm wondering lord it from heaven's point of view oh what good is going to come out of this um how are you picking up the pieces of my life and hope that blessed hope that someday we are going to be walking on streets of gold and I will be reunited with my husband. It won't be like here on earth though. We all got, sometimes we think, oh, we're going to see our loved ones and that we're going to pick up where we left off. We're going to pick up where we left off. But that's totally, it's not. It is not. <laughs> Let me say those two words together. Be careful. Um, it is not going to be what we think here on this earth. In fact, I had not seen, ear had not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We don't. We think we know what heaven's going to be like. We think streets of gold, mansions, uh, we think gates of pearl, what what the Bible says, but we like visualize a certain thing. And um, Sister Nona Freeman's, her mother was, she, we're the mansions in heaven. We're the ones uh, trying to... We're the ones tried in the fire right now. Life is trying us through the fire. We're going to come out pure gold. It's going to be us. You know, just as we're the temple of God here on earth. The house and his spirit in heaven are going to be the mansions. But anyway, there's real houses up there, which Melissa and my daughter Melissa, she goes, I don't know why we need houses in heaven. We're not going to be sleeping. And, you know, it's like, you know, why would you need a house? But anyhow that's beside the point is it but anyway we have the blessed hope that we will our souls never going to die there will be no more tears no more sorrow no more pain no more suffering we're going to be eternally around the throne praising Jesus worshiping him um, and it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth old things are going to be passed away and not even brought to remembrance see that's how I there's so much stuff that we don't know but we just got to live by trust and faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. And keep hold, holding on to that hope. <clears throat> From the scriptures and many others, it should be obvious that Christian life was never intended to be a stroll through a rose garden. The idyllic existence ended when Adam and Eve were evicted from the Garden of Eden. Since then, life has been a challenge for us all. I bet you already knew that. I was going through a period of challenge several years ago when frustrations were coming by the boatloads. I felt like Job when the bearers of bad news were standing in line to tell their stories. 
it had been that kind of month. Then one night when Shirley, this is James Dobson talking, so he's talking about Shirley Dobson, had gone out of town to attend a conference, I decided to visit my favorite restaurant, a local drive through hamburger stand. This was before my cardiologist and my wife got together and destroyed one of the final joys of living. <laughs> I jumped into our son's Honda, not remembering that I had canceled the insurance on his car when he went back to college. I had gone about three blocks when it dawned on me that I was driving without liability coverage. One stupid mistake and we could lose our house, I thought. I was only two blocks from the drive-in, so I slowed the car to, to, to a crawl. At each corner, I virtually stopped, looking both ways before inching on down the road. I'm sure people thought I was either senile or weird, or both. I arrived safe and sound at the beloved In-N-Out hamburger and heaved a sigh of relief. May I have your order, please, said a muffled adolescent voice from the back, the little black box. I told the, the guy what I wanted, and then I drove forward to the takeout window. Soon, a sack of great-smelling stuff was handed to me, and I reached for it. There I was, hanging out the window, nice and loose, when an elderly lady lost control of the Mercedes behind me. Her foot slipped off the brake and crammed the accelerator. It was like a Sherman tank hitting a baby buggy. Suddenly, Ryan's Honda and I went flying down the driveway for parts unknown. I never did find the hamburger. When the car finally came to a halt, I was too stunned to move. Then the sweet 81-year-old lady came hurrying up to my window to see if I was all right and begging me not to call the police. I'm so sorry, she said. I did this to someone else two weeks ago. Please don't report me. I'll fix your car. I should have made a record of the accident, I know, but I just didn't have the heart. The lady in the tank and I were having approximately the same kind of month. There are times such as this when it does feel like the cosmos is out to get you. I came across this BC cartoon a few years ago that sums up the way life can turn up the heat when we least expect it. There's a small cartoon. Let me see if I can read it. Nature is so incredibly ordered. Yeah, so delicately balanced. A place for everything and everything in its place. Yeah, so predictable. Johnny Hart and Creator Syndicate gave permission for him to use that. I can't. It's, I can't make it out. So life is a challenge. It was obviously designed to be that way. Look at how Jesus related to his disciples throughout his ministry on earth. He could hardly be accused of pampering these rugged men. Picture them in a small boat late one evening. You know the story. Jesus went to sleep on a cushion, and while he slept, a furious squall came up. Remember that several of the disciples were professional fishermen, and they knew very well what a storm can do to a small craft and its occupants. They were frightened, as you or I would have been. But there was the master, unconcerned and uninvolved, sound asleep near the stern. Waves were crashing over the bow and threatening to sink the boat. The panic-stricken men could stand it no longer. They awakened Jesus and said, Lord, save us! We're going to drown. Before quieting the storm, he said to his disciples, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Matthew 8, 23-26 If I didn't know better, my sympathies would be with the disciples in this instance. Who would blame them for quaking in the path of the storm? There was no Coast Guard or helicopter service to pluck them out of the churning sea. If they ever fell overboard in this furious squall, it would be curtains. Still, Jesus was disappointed by their panic. Why? Because fear and faith do not ride in the same boat. Fear and faith do not ride in the same boat. And because he wanted them to trust him even when facing death, they would need that confidence in a few months. Jesus in the disciples and yet another episode on the sea. According to Mark 6, 45-50, he had instructed them to get in the boat and go ahead of him to the city of Bethsaida. Then he went to a nearby mountainside to pray. Apparently, Jesus could see the entire lake from where he sat. 
and he observed that his disciples were straining at the oars because the wind was against them. The biblical account tells us about the fourth watch of the night. He went out to them, walking on the sea. From the early evening to the fourth watch is a seven-hour passage of time. For seven hours, Jesus watched the disciples do battle with a severe headwind before he came to assist them. Yet they were in his vision and under his care throughout the night. Obviously, he permitted them to experience their need before coming to their rescue. Sometimes he also lets you and me struggle with the oars until we recognize our dependence on him. In so doing, he gives our faith an opportunity to grow and mature. But one thing is certain. We are ever in his vision. When his purposes are fulfilled and the time is right, he will calm the stormy sea and lead us to safety on the distant shore. And that's page 157. We'll stop right there for today. But yes, yes, we got to keep on trusting him. And we got to let him calm our stormy sea. We got to let him walk on the water of our life. And gotta hold his hand and look to him you know Peter could walk on the water too in his faith as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus and we can make it through this life no matter what comes our way we keep our eyes on Jesus thank you y'all have a great day